0: I'm going into B&Q Garden Centre on a day that's going to be swelteringly hot. I don't know what B&Q stands for. I don't know if anybody knows what B&Q stands for. I wonder how long it took them to think up the name B&Q. Anyway, this place has opening hours from 8am till... 8 p.m. Yeah, and it's got a a website and they say they're always open there. I'm I'm here to buy sandpaper. No, where would I get sandpaper, please? Oh, somewhere down here, yeah, thanks. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure look, it'll be down one of these aisles. I want, actually, it's handy because I want to get a paintbrush as well. Oh, thank you very much, thanks. Right here on the left, this way you get sandpaper. Right, there they are, yeah. What's the best sandpaper, bare wood, varnished wood, coarse grain, sure how would I know? How would I know? The easiest way to s- to sand a bench, to, as far as I can see, would be with a, a light a brush that you would just rub. and let the metal part of, of it would rub off. It's there and that there but this stuff here is a wire brush. This is for tough jobs. Great for removing rust. Well if I use that on the on the bench there wouldn't be much left of the of the nice wood. It would all be scratched deeply. So I think that means go go down the road of getting this. Now what about what about the other kind of paper that is you roll up in a kind of you have in a ball and you rub it. Never mind. Maybe I need Okay, what the devil is this? This is wood rubbing down varnished wood. One, two, three, four. Well, it's not fine grain. I would say it's, and it's, is it coarse grain? I think we go with number three. Number three, it says here, wood finishing. Super fine. There's fine. And then there's moyenne. Mwain is number two. For bare, painted and varnished wood. Coarse is for bare, painted and varnished wood. Super flexible, which is fine for bare, painted and varnished wood. Super fine is for, okay. Good God, 10 euros. 10 euros for a bit of this stuff. Super flexible sandpaper for perfect results when sanding bare painted and varnished wood. High quality, high performance abrasive with flexible cloth backing ideal for curved surfaces. This has got curved surfaces and this is for preparation and that's number two which is the one I have in my hand. Okay. And then the finishing for sanding between coats is number three. Okay, so I get number three, one hundred and twenty, number three. Three. This multiplied by three, maybe. And this one here is Range of abrasives are here for for sending between coats. This has got eight all surface types. All surface types. I guess that's it. I guess that's it. You can't go far wrong with these. I hope there'll be enough. You tear each sections. You tear into sections for sanding small surfaces by hand. The Norton expert hand sanding sheets can be used in three ways. Tear it into sections for sanding small surfaces by hand the Norton Expert Medium Sending Bag or Orbital Sending Machine and then with the Norton Expert Large Sending Block or Orbital Sending Machine Machines Machines I'm not getting a machine, I'm not buying a machine as well No, I'm going to buy these Gonna buy these. let see. see. See how good these work. Paintbrushes come in all sizes and shapes, and all different types of bristles. Some jobs need good quality. brushes, paint brushes, where are external, exterior and wood care, that's what I want, I don't want these ones, I don't want interior paint brushes, here it says exterior and wood care, is 7 euros for a comfort grip masonry brush, I do not want a mason, timber care brush, Timber care. That's too wide. Timber care. I don't want timber care. Block brush. God. Oh. All these brushes. Block brush. What's this thing here? This is has nowhere. Uh, nothing. Okay. Let's look here. Timber care brush right this is what this thing says angled timber care brush dual timber care paintbrush well that's definitely it and here's six jewel timber care paintbrush yeah, that's gotta do the trick six euros seventy yeah and then there's a brush tub this is what does the brush tub do? You put your brush tub in here for cleaning or for storage. God, there's things for everything. We have loads and loads of plastic containers at home. So I'm not buying those. What's the difference between this a 60mm timber care brush and a 60mm timber care brush, and they're about the same price? Okay, we'll buy that. Should that do the whole job? I think it would, really. There's no point in giving using two brushes. This is external work. Yeah, this is what I would buy if I was going to do the job. There's a there's a twenty millimeter one here. Why would you want a twenty millimeter one? That's for tiny, delicate work. No. Okay. Right, well I'm doing this, I'm getting all this equipment for a young for a young man who's going to come at 11 o'clock today and is a student. And he's a student at the the Irish Maritime College, basically going into the Irish Navy. And he has summer holidays and he wants a job. And he's... I helped him with his CV, don't know if it made any difference to him, but I helped him take his existing CV and turn it into something that was accurate and more impressive, laid out in a way that it would answer questions that a potential employer would have immediately like, do you speak fluent English, what age are you? Because I thought, rightly or wrongly, that if somebody sees a Polish name on a CV, that one of the first questions they'll have is, can you speak English? Not all jobs require you to be able to speak English, but he wasn't doing a CV for any particular company and he could always take it out if he thought the language ability didn't matter. And uh, Anyway, there we are. He's going to do a job for me today, and I've got the tools that he needs. And that is why I came here. Now, time to go and pay. I'm back in the car. And you know I'm one of these kind of nerdy people, who as soon as he comes across, or almost as soon as he comes across, a question, to which he doesn't know the answer, wants to find out what it stands for. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm uh, B and Q stands for. I want to know what B and Q stands for. B and Q is, my goodness, Block and Quail. The duo that means two people, softened the brand to B&Q as stock delivery notes and invoices were already unofficially abbreviating the name. So if you look up B&Q in Wikipedia, it's a British multinational do-it-yourself and home improvement retailing company headquarters in Eastleigh, England, UK, and it's a wholly owned subsidiary of Kingfisher. Can't remember all the story behind Kingfisher. Anyway, founded in 1969 as Block and Quail. Yeah, but let's get the history of it. 49 years ago, it says, Richard Block... And David Quayle, they have 320 shops, and the CEO is Christian Masaryk, whoever he is, and they they employ 25,000 people, and their turnover, well I guess their revenue, they've got revenue and income, revenue, $3.8 billion the history this is what i'm interested in march 69 founded they purchased and fitted out a former furniture warehouse in southampton they soon shortened the name to b&q uh, each of them worked over 60 hours a six day week they were able to repay their bank overdraft within 6 months of up, of opening And their turnover reached a million within the first five years of operating. See, it took them five years to reach a million. Then the the founder block departed in 76. Then the chain expanded in 79. There were loads of shops across the UK. It grew through a combination of mergers, acquisitions and expansions. They acquired the Hampshire-based company Dodd City in 1980. It was acquired by Woolworths, it was acquired by Woolworths for 16.8 million in the early 1980s and that coincided with David Quayle selling his share. He got personal wealth of 4 million, well that's what he got for working really hard I guess. Two years later Woolworths and B&Q were purchased by Potter Noster, now known as Kingfisher. I see, two trading, it had home centers, auto centers, which opened in Cripps Causeway in Bristol. The concept was to have a home center, auto center, and do-it-yourself superstore in one communal car park. The forays into those new markets were relatively short-lived and they got rid of those in a couple of years. In the mid-1990s they opened a new format of shop known as the Depot later changed to B&Q Depot which was a new class of shop known as the B&Q Warehouse began to expand outside the UK So what, they were founded in 69 and in 1990, so it took a long time for them to go beyond the UK. Then they opened a retail outlet in Taiwan in 96. They went to Poland in 98. And later that year they merged with Francis Castorama. Then they opened a shop in Shanghai. Shanghai. Wow. Then, in year two thousand, they acquired the shops of Homebase from Sainsbury's. They were their rival, and uh, then it it hoped to increase its outlets from four outlets in China to fifty-eight by two thousand five. They opened in Hong Kong, two thousand and seven. Scheduled to close in two thousand and nine. So in 19, in 2007, Kingfisher sold its 50 percent share in and Q to its joint BNQ Taiwan to its joint venture partner. Well, okay, all that. It closed 22 places in 2009. In May 2011, they acquired 31 shops in the u.K. from the administrators of Focus DIY. Uh, well, that's it, that'll, the incident, so that should be fun. In 2001, in Pool in Dorset, a 69-year-old customer, Pamela Jean Hinchcliffe, was fatally crushed by a forklift at the firm's shop. They were found guilty of causing death and they were they were fined half a million pounds. They got their legal costs reduced on appeal. In November two thousand and two the, the the forklift driver was prosecuted. On June this is going backwards, this is crazy, two thousand and one. The court was told that Nichols, that's the driver, had hit some pallets. And a colleague commented that he would, he would end up, had hit some pallets, he'd hit some pallets, and a colleague commented that he'd end up killing somebody. He was acquitted of manslaughter and of causing death by dangerous driving. My God, the guy got away with it. Well, I mean, how am I to say? He just, that could have been a colleague motivated by bad Relations. Okay, so outside of the UK today, BNQ's only other international operations are in Ireland. In twenty thirteen they filed for examinership. In and BNQ Ireland filed for examinership. They continued to trade. It Turned to making a loss two years before, despite the shops in the UK continuing to stay in profit. They came out of examinership in May 2013. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, anyway, there we are. It's in Cork, and where would we be without it? So, there we are. What did I learn? It was, let me think, block and quail. That's all I need to know. Perfect question for a, a pub quiz. Perfect question for a pub quiz. b q Block and Quail. Great names. I know I'm weird, but this really amused me and intrigued me. I'm driving home from B&Q, and I hear on the radio, on the... on on the national radio station that the news has just come in that there's been a collision in a church grounds between a group of pedestrians and a car. Now isn't... I thought, wow! Wow! A group of pedestrians collided with a car. Not a car collided with a group of pedestrians, the pedestrians collided with the car. So I guess some moving pedestrians moved, collided with a moving car. I mean, what a bizarre... <laughs> I'm, I, yes. So what's weird about me is that I find that funny. Maybe that's a normal expression. and Maybe I'm just, um, Picking it up wrong. Oh, I forgot to tell you that on Saturday there was a collision between a man and some bullets in in Dublin. Yes, a man walked into some bullets. Um, there will be investigations going on about this matter. It'll be lunchtime by the time I get home. I just closing the window of the car. Yeah, it's 12:40. Blazing sun, getting hotter. This car doesn't have a temperature gauge, so it doesn't tell me how hot it is outside. The walk in the woods was uh, very enjoyable. I uh, did a live stream. I live streamed it a lot of it, about two-thirds of it, and the first person who came on was from California, her name is Nelly, and I have had contact with her for a few years now, um, somebody came on from Jakarta in Indonesia, somebody came on from Pennsylvania, um, Tashi, who, some people will know, actually, yes, because she's the co-host of TV Channeling Podcast with uh, Kevin Nomalone. Uh, she came on. Um, who else came on? Um, a nice hiker came on. I can't remember her name. Somebody came on from Dublin. Yeah, it, was, it was lovely to walk through, and I did a little rant about world peace, I said that I considered that Periscope was a small little um, support for world harmony, world peace because it was a place where people from different countries, people from different cultures could come and be in each other's company and that I'd had experience of somebody from iran and somebody from israel and somebody from turkey all being on the same scope at the same time just being there and i can't even remember what was the conversation was about i couldn't very easily read the remarks that comments that people were making to me and to each other on the screen of the iphone because the sun was too strong and it was only if I stepped into the shade that I was able to see what people were saying. There are so many different things about doing a scope. It's a a great place to practice communicating. On the one hand there's the communicating by what you show what you choose to show of what you can see, you can't show everything so there's an interesting challenge Uh, because depending upon what you show what people say will change what you say, you have to choose what you're going to say and all of the things that I say I regard as practicing communications So you've got a chance to practice and it's all off the cuff, impromptu speaking and impromptu speaking is terrific practice because that's what we do almost all the time. Very few of us ever prepare what we're going to say and then deliver it there's usually an element of connecting with what the other person said or making it up as you go along or being influenced by the look on other people's face or the behaviour of other people so that you tweak what you're saying so I find Periscope enjoyable for several, several reasons And it's lovely to join in somebody else's periscope. Say hello and come in. And there's an art to doing that well, too. There are people on periscope who suddenly pipe up and say something that is completely inappropriate for what's going on. You know, comes totally out of left field. Someone this morning said to me, are you Donald Trump's brother? There was no discussion about Donald Trump going on. There was no discussion about U.S. politics or no discussion about even world uh, peace going on. So I had a choice between... Well, I had lots of choices. I could block them on the grounds that they were being impolite, rude. I could block them because they were... A distraction and unrespectful to other people who were talking about something already. They were self-seeking, just looking for attention. I didn't have to block them at all. I said something to them, that was what I did. And I didn't tell them they were rude either. Told them they were a very discriminating, sophisticated person who was highly perceptive. They didn't say anything in return, which or in response, which not I had mixed feelings about. Was I glad or was I sad? Then there was a moment during the periscope where somebody said something about, you always say the right thing, Paul, to which I said, that's because I'm left wing. And that led me to think about the possibility of doing something with the idea of right thing and left wing, a kind of little ditty. So I don't know, maybe a limerick, uh, perhaps, but it's got to have, it's got to have a place. It's, um, I'm not sure, I'm pretty certain that I've never come across it as, you know, little phrase, right wing, left, no, (laughs) right thing, left wing, then of course you could have left thing, right wing doesn't work. So anyway, this is uh, lunchtime. I'm going to leave you now. I'll leave you with a little bit of um, pre-prepared music from Anchor. And thank you very much for listening to this episode of the podcast from Cork with Love Adventure. Bye.